And welcome back, everybody, to the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com, your free premier resource for all things Ohio State sports. And let me tell you, man, like I, this was supposed to be a quiet week, and it's been nothing but quiet, but I want, we want to make sure that we get on the phone right away because Ohio State basketball now has a new head coach. Uh, the Buckeyes had, were tied to probably a half dozen other names. Maybe this recruiting search wasn't the, uh, the smoothest in uh, all levels, but it does look like the Buckeyes have a solid, uh, a solid coach coming in right now. The Buckeyes have agreed to bring on Chris Holtman from Butler. Uh, his, the initial press conference will be here on Monday. He has uh, been a very successful over the last couple of years with the Bulldogs, took them to a four seed in the NCAA tournament last year, made, made the NCAAs every year he was there. And to the, the big question, at least in the short term, about whether this is a good fit or whether he's going to be successful seems to hinge on recruiting. Ohio State has struggled to lock down some of the uh, you know, high four-star players within Ohio and Indiana and surrounding states recently and also struggled with their player evaluation. Uh, so to help break down what we can expect from Holtman and, and, and his chances of success here on that front, I wanted to reach out to an old friend of ours, an, an old land-grant writer and probably the foremost authority on high school basketball, especially in Columbus of um, our, our good friend Zach Fleer joins us on the line today. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really good, man. It's good to be good to be back. It's 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 good to hear from you here. It's been a minute, and I I, I want to pick your brain a little bit about the recruiting angle here first. But but before we do, what what are your thoughts about this entire coaching change at all? Do you, do you think Ohio State was was justified to make this decision now? Uh, would you have preferred they had uh, rolled the dice with Mana one more season rather than making a change? I think the timing, you know, like everyone that I've heard, you know, the timing was a little weird, you know, and in, in middle, you know, early to mid June, um, kind of out of nowhere. You know, I sensed that a change was, you know, coming. I just didn't think, you know, if Thad made it through March and April, I thought he'd be good to go another season. Um, I kind of would have preferred that, you know, he had one more year to. You know, right the ship. I think after all he's done for the university, he deserved at least one more chance to you know kind of get the program back on track. But um, you know, since the decision was made, you know, like I mentioned, the timing was a little a little weird. You know, it, it had a, a, a tighter window to find a coach. You know, some guys like Archie Miller um, and others were already you know primed you know a different job. So you know, the search didn't go as smooth as other, you know many people would have expected. But I think with the Holtman hire, uh, I think it's as good as they probably could have got. Um, you know, some of the bigger candidates like Billy Donovan, uh, Brad Stevens, you know, they probably would have preferred a lot more money than what Holtman just signed for. Um, so I think for Ohio State, with, you know, the situation and the timing, I think this hire is as good as they could, probably could have gotten. I, I, th- I think I agree with you. I mean, w- would it be fun to have Sean Miller or Archie Miller or Billy Donovan in Columbus? Absolutely. Maybe the chances of that happening if you make this decision in April are a little bit higher. But Ohio State's had success mining Butler uh, and, and, and some of these Big East schools for coaches before. It seems like the key question here is going to be how, w- w- what's the pathway towards recruiting? This, this looks like it's a very solid class for Ohio prospects in 2018. What do you think about Holtman's uh, ability to be able to, to bring some of those guys in here? What's, what's his rep right now within the Ohio coaching or Ohio prep com- uh, community? Yeah, Holtman and Butler have been very active in Ohio last three years alone he signed you know a kid from ohio in the last three classes two from northeast ohio you know kyle young from massive jackson who picked butler over Ohio state you know in his final two or three schools uh, the year before that he got henry badley from Akron st vincent st mary 
And then going back to 2015, he signed Nate Fowler um, from Cincinnati Molar, and Fowler was perceived as you know the top post player in the state outside of maybe Issa Ahmad back then. Um, so Holtman's been successful recruiting Ohio, especially in Central Ohio. You know, with him and his assistant coach Ryan Peden, who is a Columbus native, uh, played his basketball at Bexley High School and then went on to Wooster. Um, they've really been successful in Central Ohio. They've been very involved with Jerome Hunter of Pickerington North, Jeremiah Francis of Pickerington Central. Uh, they, they, they really like Jeremiah Keene of Westerville North as well. Um, so those are you know guys that they know in Central Ohio. They know this area. You know, I, I've spoken with Ryan Keenan quite a bit, uh, you know, with just Columbus kids. When it came down to Andre Wesson, you know, he was the primary recruiter with Andre. Chris Holman was very involved with Andre. Um, and Andre had picked Ohio State over Butler and Richmond. And they loved, they loved Caleb Wesson as well. But, you know, Caleb had committed to Ohio State so soon after being offered. Yeah. Uh, they never really got a chance to, you know, get to know him. Um, but they're excited. They know Caleb. They know Andre. Um, they know Jay Sean Tate from way back in 2014. I, I don't believe they were there, but I'm, I'm sure those guys, uh, you know, know about Jay Sean, know what he's going to bring. Uh, so it's a really exciting time. This is a good hire. I think they're going to recruit Columbus very well. Um, I'm anxious to see, you know, what Ryan, Pe- Ryan Peden does. Um, I've, I've heard that he's going to interview for the Butler head job. Uh, there's a chance he could get that job, but if he doesn't, I think there's a good chance he could end up at Ohio State, which would be. You know, a perfect scenario for the Buckeyes because he's a tremendous recruiter, especially in Columbus and the top prospects like Hunter and Francis. They know Pete, and you know he's very tight with those guys. It's it, it's so important. You know, we, we, we talk. We, our listeners are probably a little bit more in tune with football recruiting, and you know how important the Cincinnati metro area is, and and a lot of the Cleveland Youngstown area is for football. But the prep talent. Just within a 30-minute 30, 30 drive of Columbus is very strong. The Buckeyes have one you know, local commit for the 2018 class in, in Dane Goodwin, who, who really it seems like he had a really great uh, high school basketball season. His, his prospect stock has, has grown a little bit now. It looks like he's the fourth-ranked prospect in the state, somebody who's, who brings some floor-spacing ability. But programs like Gahanna and Pickerington, and some of the city schools and, and really and, and all over, you know, the, the Columbus metropolitan area are becoming more and more important for the Buckeyes in order to do really well. I'm, I'm looking here, you know, I guess one positive in Ohio State's roster attrition uh, over <laughs> over the, the, the past you know couple of months is that they've got plenty of scholarships uh, available and plenty of holes on this roster to fill. Who are some other names? And you talked a little bit here about Jerome Hunter out of, out of Pickerington North. Who are some other names that you think in this class are going to be critical for Ohio State uh, to pick up? And uh, are, do they have enough time to be able to make up some of that ground? Yeah, so in 2018, you know, in that class, Hunter and Goodwin are really the only high major guys that I can see Ohio State, you know, making a run at outside of those guys. Uh, there's a lot of solid mid-major talent, but I don't think there's really anyone good enough that Ohio State's going to be able to go at. Um, but across the state, you know, Butler has been involved with uh, Pete Nance out in Revere uh, near the Akron area, and then Dwayne Cohill in Cleveland, two guys that Ohio State's already offered anyways. Uh, you know, Holtman and his staff were, you know, high on those guys when they were in Butler. And they also, you know, in the 2018 class, not in Ohio, but in Indiana, um, they offered Tim Finke, um, and they offered uh, Musa Jallo out of Bloomington. And Jallo's a kid that Ohio State offered about a month ago. Um, and Jallo, from what I've heard, you know, was leaning towards Butler, um, so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, he wants to follow Holtman and maybe commit to Ohio State. Uh, that's a kid, you know, for those who probably aren't familiar with him, he's about a 6'5", combo forward, um, very athletic, does a lot, tremendous passer, tremendous rebounder, and just a great overall athlete. Um, he's a kid that can come in and contribute a lot to Ohio State. 
as far as you know defending and rebounding and really just being a playmaker. So, uh, you know, Holtman had his hands you know on this 2018 class. He's very familiar with Ohio and Indiana. And I think he's going to be able to hit the ground running here in Columbus because he already knows these guys and he's already got you know connections in the area. It's it's a, a positive development here. I think when I, when I look at this group in, in Indiana. I see a lot of guys. There seems to be like a lot of depth for uh, for wing players, and and you know there's there's a couple of young players on Ohio State's roster, you know, who are able to play on the perimeter and in, in that that two three kind of stretch four position. Whether that's Hunter, whether that's Arens, who uh, you know recently decommitted from Ohio State, but is expected to uh, to give them another look, or some of these guys here in Indiana. This seems like this would be a good time to really repopulate and and replace some of the guys that are leaving. Hopefully Ohio State's able to do that. There's also, of course, roster holes at point guard uh, and in the post as well. Really, they, they just need dudes. Yeah, they need bodies at this point. Uh, you know, for recruits, you know, playing time's a big thing for a lot of these guys, and Ohio State's going to be able to offer that right off the bat. You know, it's only 10, I believe, 10 guys on the roster right now, including walk-ons. Uh, Ohio State needs depth. They need players. And, you know, for these guys that want to come in and play immediately, and especially in the Big Ten and in the huge venue like uh, Bayou City Arena, um, it's an attractive offer. Um, one thing that I think is really important that, you know, a lot of schools were using against Ohio State as far as on the recruiting trail is, you know, the, the instability, the suspected instability in the program. You know, a lot of schools would use the fact that, you know, hey, maybe Thad Motta won't be there by the time you graduate high school and move on to college. Now they can't do that. You know, Holtman signed for eight years. He's going to be here for a while. Um, and Ohio State has some stability now. And uh, that's, a, that's a pitch that a lot of schools won't be able to use when they're recruiting against the Buckeyes. Is there? I'm curious here. What do you what do you think Ohio State's getting in Holtman as an actual coach? We've talked a lot about his connections within the high school community in, in these two states. Uh, he has a reputation from his last two head coaching spots as somebody who is a strong uh, both evaluator and developer of talent. Something that you know some Ohio State fans either fairly or unfairly have criticized uh, Mata for over the last couple of seasons. But as a basketball coach. What do you think Buckeye fans are, are getting or, or should expect here out of this new administration? Holman is a guy that you know, <clears throat> he brings guys on that he wants to develop in this program and keep for three or four years. Um, guys are going to play high IQ, tough and unselfish basketball. And that's something that, you know, Ohio State hasn't really had on a consistent basis in the last few years. You know, um, it, losing the entire 2015 class, you know, minus uh, Joey, Joey Lane. I don't know if you want to count him in that class as a walk-on or not. But, you know, Ohio State hasn't had that stability. They haven't had guys, you know, across all classes that have stayed for a long time. And, um, you know, like a lot of Ohio State's fans have suspected, you know, the player development has been hit or miss here lately. Um, and now, you know, they got a coach that is known for developing players, you know, known for, you know, taking guys that may have been under-recruited in high school as maybe three or low four-star guys and, you know, turning them into college basketball players that went on the big stage and, I think he'll be able to do that at Ohio State. He has a lot more resources, and he's getting paid a lot more to do it. So um, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm confident in Holman to be able to do that. I think he's going to hire a very uh, solid staff. And I was looking at his Twitter account. I don't know. You know, this is just speculation. But he follows Greg Paulus on Twitter. It's the only Ohio State coach that he does follow on Twitter. Um, so that's something to maybe watch. You know, it's just Twitter again. Um, but that was just some speculation that I had done um, looking at his Twitter account. He only follows like 105 people, and Greg Paulus is one of those guys. So. Um, Paulus or Christian could be guys that stay on the staff and you know continue to work for Ohio State. So I'm just excited for Chris Holman. I think Gene Smith got it right. You know he took a ton of heat this week. You know uh, especially with the McDermott thing. You know a lot of fans were pissed off about that. But 
I think that, I think he got it right with the timing and you know with with the options that he had you know on his deck. So uh, Holton's going to be a good addition for Ohio State. He's a young coach. He's a guy that's you know won everywhere he's been. Kind of reminds me of Thad Mata a little bit when you know he was coming into Ohio State as a young coach you know some 13, 14 years ago. So I'm excited. I think Buckeye fans should be excited. He's a guy that knows Columbus, knows the area. He's won. You know he, he develops players. And he has guys that you know aim for the bigger picture and you know play as a team instead of individually so i'm excited buckeye fans should be excited i think the future of buckeye basketball is great you know listen after the last couple of years man i'll take i'll take excited i i, I feel like i've been trying to like be, be a little bit be a little bit of a sunshine pumper there, there are individual guys on this team that i still really like like i i know i don't this doesn't seem like a uh, a starting a starting five or, or a six man rotation that's like you know twelve thirteenth or last in the Big Ten. You know depth is obviously an issue and and, and consistency um, has has been an issue. And, and and you know count count me as one of the guys that was criticizing over the McDermott thing. Like Gene Smith is somebody that I think gets a lot of criticism from some parts of the Ohio State fan base in part because of the things that he's really good at are not always necessarily visible, but. Calling McDermott before Holtman seems like a little bit hard to justify, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, the McDermott thing was, don't get me wrong, Coach McDermott has done a great job in Creighton. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that he's been in Ohio a few times. He was really involved with Sterling Manley out of Central, uh, the senior that you know, signed with North Carolina. He was a guy that, you know, I, I went to a big Central Open gym and he was there alongside, you know, Bob Huggins and Tom Green and Chris Jent. So uh, I, I just thought that was a weird fit. You know, he's not an Ohio guy. No, 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 no. No, look, 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 man. Like, I mean, maybe that would have worked, but I, I feel like I, I was pretty clear about this on Twitter. We were talking about this a lot in the room. Like, like we're gonna like probably whoever they hire, as long as it's not Mark Jackson, as long as it's not Mike Brown. And and um, you know, I, I'm, those are those are both two talented individuals who are good at a bunch of other things. I'm glad they'll be applying their trade elsewhere. Right. I, I think uh, Mike Brown would enjoy. Uh, coaching Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond <laughs> more than, uh, than the guys Ohio State has on the roster right now. So I, I never saw that as a serious option, but there are people that wanted it to happen. I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't quite uh, remember good times with Mike Brown last with the Cavs. Although he had a terrible roster to work with, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that Holtman is the coach at Ohio State these days. Let me let me ask you one question, and then I'll let, I'll let you out of here because. You know, I know that you're extremely involved right now with a lot of high school basketball, or, you know, around Columbus with 270 hoops and everything. Uh, one, before we let you go, can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to right now, and maybe some names that might not be on Ohio State's radar, but should be on the radar for fans who appreciate local, you know, local college level, you know, basketball talent here as as potential players here in the future. Yeah, this area in Central Ohio is absolutely loaded. Um, for me, it's it's very easy to get excited because there's so so many high quality players. Um, you can almost go to you can go not almost you can go to any part of the city and find a handful of Division One players right now. Um, you know, as Columbus continues to boom as a city, you know, obviously the talent pool deepens and it, it gets stronger, and that's the case right now. Um, one of the younger players I'm most excited about 
You know, he's Buckeye bred. Uh, you know, Dominic Penn of, uh, of Dublin Coffin, Scooney Penn being his father. You know, he's a strong bet to end up at Ohio State. You know, he hasn't received a scholarship offer yet, uh, but I think he will eventually. Uh, Jeremiah Francis out of Pickerington Central, the 2019 point guard. Again, another Buckeye son of you know, Jerry Francis who played in the 80s. Um, he's a kid that, you know, he I talk to him almost daily just about basketball in general, and, you know, he's, he's a student of the game and someone that has been really fun to watch. And, you know, he's the best point guard in He's the best point guard in Ohio right now, regardless of class, and he was last year even as a sophomore. Um, so he's a guy that, you know, if Ohio State can land him, he's going to definitely boost that backcourt. Um, and then if we can get Dominic Penn, you know, the year after that, uh, the Buckeyes are going to be in good shape. But, you know, across Columbus in the 2018 class, uh, Tavion Kenzie of Eastmore Academy is a mid-major plus level player that um, he very well, very well may have all, every offer in the Mid-American Conference uh, by the end of July. Cameron Brooks-Harris out in Zanesville, uh, rising 6'7", wing, very, very good. Uh, just a, a lot of high-quality basketball in the area. I think for people who like high school basketball, you know, you need to get out to these different parts of Columbus. Um, Pickerington Central is going to be very good. Pickerington North with Jerome Hunter. Um, they have they have a lineup this year. With, they got four. They got three guys at 6'7 or taller in that front court. Man. They're going to force uh, Pick North, you know, Pick North, Pick Central, Gehanna's. You know, they're going to struggle a little bit. They lost Jordan Mitchell to prep school, but they still have some talented pieces in their backcourt. Um, Westerville South, they're going through a transition phase, losing their entire starting five. So this will be a uh, challenging year for them, you know, going back to the state championship just a couple years ago. Now they're going to have to replace their entire starting five. So that'll be a team to watch out for. But just this entire area, uh, it's a great time to be here. And for fans, you know, if, if you want to, you know, if you, if you need to learn about high school basketball in Central Isle, Know, tune into 270 hoops, especially during the high school season. We're posting content daily, you know, from November all the way to March. Um, it's a little light in the AAU season; there's not as much going on. But um, you know, tune into 270 hoops in the high school season. You guys won't miss a beat. No, yeah, I, 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 a thousand percent recommend. Uh, you know, agree with that endorsement. Zach wrote a, a bunch of stuff about the open gym circuit on Land Grant a couple years ago. Uh, that was about as in depth as you're going to find. And if you're listening to this and you're in Columbus or if you're in Lincoln County or really anywhere between Zanesville to like London, there's, there's really great talent and there's some fun teams to watch. Even some teams that don't necessarily have high D1 caliber talent. And I think you owe it to yourself during the season to, to head down there, grab a hot dog and, and watch some good players. And Zach will be able to break that down for you. Buddy, thanks so much here for taking some time uh, to chat with us. I, I hope your assessment's right. I, f- I certainly feel a lot more excited about the direction of Ohio State basketball than I was a little while ago. Although I'm going to miss having that around. Like, he's, he's good people, you know? Like, I love that. I mean, I've talked to Thad several times. And, you know, I talked to Thad for the first time in 2013. And I had just started my career. And I'd only been doing it for a couple months, and he talked to me as if I was like Jeff Goodman or one of those guys. Uh, he's just always been just a, a great guy down to earth, and he was one guy that was never going to cheat or do things the wrong way, and that's something that, you know, uh, it just can't be measured. It's, it's just amazing this day and age that Thad would never, you know, break his morals or you know, do something that was out of character for him. And I'm going to miss him. You know, I think his health you know, definitely shortened his career. I think if Thad never, you know, had the back problems uh, you know, the lower body problems, I don't think, you know, he would have, I think Ohio State basketball would still be a top 10, top 15 program in the country. Um, so I just, I hope he gets his health back on track and, you know, gets another chance to coach college basketball sometime. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. You know, if, if uh, Thad's career trajectory at this point is to hang around Columbus and be a booster and supporter of Ohio State basketball and we see him on TV, 
awesome. If he's able to manage his health situation and goes back to Indiana or goes back to, a, you know, ideally, selfishly, maybe not another Big Ten program, but goes somewhere else like our website and, and myself, we will happily, you know, be his boosters. If he wants to go and just open a bar in Mexico and get smashed all day and not worry about any of this, like, you know, Godspeed. I, I, I have enjoyed talking to him in, in the few limited interactions I've had with him. I Everyone that I've talked to both in this industry, in the industry of basketball, even people who are, you know, you know high school coaches at places like, like Licking Valley, right? Like places that aren't going to produce basketball. You know, guys are going to play for Ohio State. I've you know, are, are, are lauded just what a down-to-earth and generous guy that he is. And I hope that Ohio State's future coaches are able to kind of take some of those cues about how to run a program because you, you, you don't get those all the time. And I think Ohio State's been lucky to have him around. Absolutely. I'm going to miss that a lot. Um, I already miss our boy Jeff Bowles. You know, I, I still talk to him. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I'm glad our uh, hired Jeff Bowles hashtag finally caught the Trigger last year, so and 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 they they had a solid year. They're going to probably be preseason top three in their conference. You know, uh, Jeff, if you're listening, I'm a little disappointed you didn't shout us out during that opening press conference, but I'm glad that our your uh, your uh, unauthorized publicity campaign worked out. I would not be at all surprised if we see Bulls coaching somewhere in the state of Ohio in the next two or three years. I hope so, man. He's he's still dialed into the you know, into the area. He's a guy that. He's got a kid, Corey Long, from Cincinnati that signed this year, and that's Tony Brook 2017 class. He's a very good player. And, uh, yeah. Jeff has been very active in the 2018-2020 classes. Um, he was the first guy to offer Jerome Hunter. He was the first program that offered uh, Dominic Penn of Dublin Coffin, the first program that offered uh, Von Cameron Davis, who's a freshman at Walnut Ridge. Uh, so he's a guy, he, uh, first program to offer Tavion Kennedy of Eastmore, too. So. Uh, you know he's still tuned into Columbus. He's still tuned into Ohio, and he, he knows good talent. I think he's going to land in Ohio sometime soon and do a rock star job. Yeah, Stony Brook's kind of a tough gig, right? Like you're you're in a place that has a lot of talent, but you're kind of a commuter campus. You're kind of tied a little bit between New Jersey and New York. You're not exactly the most resourced school. Um, but I love what he do, I love what he does on social media. I love what he's what he's been able to do in teaching defense. And you know he came in in kind of a tough situation because they were losing a lot of talent and kept them regularly competitive. Um, it's 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 fun to watch a bunch of guys who have been connected to this program find success. And uh, hopefully he he does in the future. Absolutely, Jeff's one of my. He's actually the first college coach that ever followed me all the way back in 2013. He's treated me like family ever since. So that's a guy that you know I always love him in the coaching because he's really the first big time. I remember the first time he DM'd me because I was watching Jay Sean Tate all the way in Indiana. You know, Jeff sent me a message and was like, hey, you did an awesome, awesome job this week in covering Jay Sean. We appreciate it. And I was just like over the moon that day. <laughs> uh, it was just so cool because it was the first, you know, especially being a high State coach, I was stoked. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 he's the first college coach ever to talk to me. So. He's, he's good people. You, you, you always remember those. I, I, you know, I remember the first the. You know, back when I was working for the Newark Advocate, some of the first guys to, to talk to me and some of the some of those those first coaches. And it's fun. You know, a lot of them are assistants or GAs, and you all kind of grow up in the profession together. And then, you know, you never know. In a couple of years, those are the guys that are running MAC programs and, you know, MEAC programs and everything. And, and those, those are your sources. Those are your people. Yep. It's uh, it's crazy how the coaching profession works and develops. You know, I'm, I'm about four or five years into it right now, and it's great to see – uh, the relationships I've built, and then coaches that have moved on to bigger jobs. Um, that's one thing I tell you know high school prospects as well. Is like you know don't blow off these D two D three coaches if you, if you think you're D one because there's a chance that that coach you 
know, two years down the line could be at the school that you boys wanted to go to, and he's going to remember when you big time. And so, you know, I treat people with respect, and you never know where these guys could go. And, you know, I, that's, that's one thing that I've always held, you know, held dear to myself. Yeah, I mean, I, Holtman, you know, to kind of tie it all, all together, he's a product of uh, Taylor University, I believe. Um, yep. Coached at Wayne State for a little while, you know, ha- has some roots in the NAIA, D2, D3 kind of world. Not not uncommon in this profession. Treat every, treat everybody well. You never know who's, who's going to move on up. Zach, thanks again for taking some time. I'll, I'll let you get back to it. Uh, we're going to have a lot more on the websites of both video and audio and in print on this hire in the new direction for Ohio State basketball. So thanks for listening. Be sure to, to tune in to 270 Sports and follow Zach on Twitter.com. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. The spot was good. And go Bucks.